Hey everybody, welcome to the Three Crown. I'm your host Matt, and I'm joined by Vince and Ricky. How are you guys doing? What's up? I think we're okay, but I think uh, Ricky's glad to shoot, like recertifying his IT credentials there, man. <laughs> That's true. Right, how many, how many Skype accounts do you have, Ricky? I'm just asking because this is like the third have, one. No, I have two, and I logged into them both. The problem is. It's like, it asks you for, like, the verification, right? I put in my email. No no uh, code came through. So then I had to go back and send it to my text, which, like, took forever. It's, oh, uh, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is the three... <laughs> This is a three-cast review movies, TV shows, and stuff like that. So this time we're moving a movie called Encanto. This is Ricky's choice. So, Ricky, as briefly as possible, tell us what this movie was about. Um, okay, so the movie was about a family in Colombia, and they received uh, magical blessings. Um, so each member of the family has uh, magical powers, um, except one. And it just follows that person's journey throughout um, trying to help out the family, trying to sort of, you know, feel like she can do something when everyone around her has these magical powers. Um, and, you know, eventually they lose their powers. There's a lost member of the family that she brings back to the family um then she sort of opens the grandmother's eyes to the fact that she was pressuring everyone to sort of live up to these really high standards um because of their magical powers and um yeah i think vince could have done a better job but hey no it's okay man i think the the you you kind of painted the rough uh, main gist yeah yeah right <laughs> So, uh, Vince, your first thoughts on this on this movie? Oh my God, you're really gonna jump with me? Okay, fine. And <laughs> um, we're gonna make you go first, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I I think spoiler alert from the last episode. I, I had mentioned that um, from a musical standpoint, this was actually driven by uh, Lin Manuel Miranda and like his success off Moana. And you know, quite frankly, I like the Moana soundtrack. Uh, they had some really good memorable tunes. It was really good and appropriate. In this one, it felt like a little bit like he went back to the well on some of the stuff that was from Hamilton. Um, I, I thought that that was uh, my my biggest complaint about the music. Uh, I know that uh, you know there is one song that everyone talks about that it's that we don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, which, which which honestly, if see, see, here's the thing, Matt, you you watch the movie, so you know that if you are a musical fan, it is not uncommon to have a seminal song where every person has their part in this one song, and it's kind of like this mashup of all the themes, right? So everyone made a big deal of we don't talk about Bruno. I'm like, it is not that spectacular. Um, but I, I admit it is it is it is catchy. But the thing is, it's 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 like one of those musicals that was uh, very oversimplified, um, and I think that they're trying to be complex without actually hitting the nail on the head. Um, I think that uh, from a plot standpoint, it was interesting to note that this is the one one of the few movies uh, that you know Disney has kind of shifted into instead of having one bad person. Right. There is I think most people would be like, well, there's no real bad guy in this movie. Well, I'll tell you right now, the bad person is grandma. 
Because grandma is the one that's, as, as, as Ricky said, put all this undue pressure on the family, right? And I think that if you look at it, it speaks to um, a couple of issues that are currently in, in the zeitgeist of today, right? Like, I, I and I know this is going to sound, rub people the wrong way, but quite frankly, this movie was all about, it's okay to be a snowflake. Um, because here's the thing, like, the grandma, she maybe I'm old school, maybe I'm like the grandma, where it's like, I am, if, if I got a family and I got, you know, uh, certain responsibilities and powers or, or, or like, you know, I kind of got a responsibility to the family, I want to make sure everyone in the family can help out the village. Because remember, I think that people forget the fact that this whole entire family with all their superpowers is actually helping this entire secluded village, right? The other thing that uh, comes about is that Mirabelle, like the, the whole thing, the, the, the way they skew it, again, from a certain point of view, is that they make Mirabelle seem like the victim where she's, oh, she doesn't have any powers. No. And I dare you to prove me wrong on this, right? Because the whole premise is that, oh, Mirabelle doesn't have any powers. And then, oh, it's like her, by not having any powers, by being completely devoid of responsibilities to like the family has, like everyone's got the special powers to help out the city, to help the village. Guess what? She has no powers, but she is made to feel special and all that stuff. Well, here's the thing. That is the exact problem that I have with this movie because this movie – uh, fails to point out the fact that she actually does have powers. Tell me if I'm wrong here, because I've actually watched it several times now with my kids, right? Yep. There's no proof that her power is not the house. So she does. It is the house. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Exactly. That's, because that's they're like, oh, she has no powers. Well, here's the thing. That's when why she... the door disappears, because exactly. she has the entire house. Exactly. That's my thing. And everyone's like, no, she doesn't have any powers. Because it's meant to make all the people oh, that are lame, that are weak, that are in, well, inadequate in today's day and age. <laughs> no, this is the thing. It's made to make anyone who feels like they're a victim, that they that they can't do things, right? That they're weak, that they're inadequate. This movie makes them feel good because I have no powers. So therefore, my power is just being me. Well, no, you do have powers, right? And they they really stress out the point that, hey, um, it's the bad people like grandma that have expectations and that these responsibilities. Yeah, sure. I know that you've got these two extreme paradigms of the beautiful princess daughter, right? The, the sorry, princess granddaughter is perfect. And you got the other uh, daughter who's like, you know, doing all the work, like the workhorse of the family, right? I get that. But that in no way eliminates that kind of responsibility on Mirabelle, right? The the the, the primary uh, protagonist in this movie. So I thought it was kind of interesting that it, it tried to present something as an oversimplification. Uh, there were different ways to understand the meaning, but I just wish they actually executed and and full out said, listen, you know, all this stuff about it's okay to be you know weak, inadequate, and disappointing, right? The thing is that she actually had a power, right? It just required her to actually uh be explicit about this right and the other thing is that if you look at the the thing about reputation like i, I get this like they were trying to explain the whole conflict of you know grandma old school way of thinking is that like you gotta you, the family's got to support the whole village and there's a bit thing about reputation well i think that's the whole big issue with bruno right the reason why they don't talk about bruno is because allegedly he just makes every bad prediction well here's the thing if you look at all the bad predictions right that came out all of his predictions are basically chipping away at the insecurities of every single person. Whether it's, oh, I was worried about being fat, I got fat. I was worried about losing my hair, I got, I lost my hair. I was worried about the family not being able to be good and support the entire village. Well, guess what? Grandma's thing was, was, a, was a prediction in her insecurity and it all came to fruition, right? So I don't even think that Bruno really had any special powers because he's just like, <laughs> Pointing out the problems of people. Like, even when there's like, oh, he said that my wedding day was going to rain. Well, no, he just, like, and they actually kind of allude to this at the end. He's like, I just thought you looked like you were sweating, right? And then that's it. And then it's, it's her own, it's, it's, it's his sister's, it was his sister, right? It's his own sister's <laughs> yeah. adequacy and insecurities that causes. So I think this whole entire movie 
you know, it was it was good for for some of the songs. I think my my kids read it a certain way where they're like, I can have no powers too, and I'm a good person. I'm like, yeah, but you know, everyone's got their own powers. You just gotta identify it. I just wish the movie made that clear, right? Because it's okay that she doesn't have the super like hearing or that she has the super strength, but Mirabelle's power was literally and figuratively the household, the family, mm-hmm. right? And and that's the thing that they never really emphasize. At least it wasn't to me, right? I was like. I'd explain this to my kids, like, right? Yeah, it was like hidden. You have to look into it and then kind of figure it out. Yeah, and and you know what's even more funny? Because I was talking about this. It just happens to be like, okay, if you're ever in my classes, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, I will talk about random stuff that comes to my head. So I actually, in one of my uh, fourth-year courses, I was talking about the songs. And, of course, I actually talked about the uh, the, 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 the the actually the Academy-nominated uh, song. <clears throat> The Academy Award-winning song for this movie is not We Don't Talk About Bruno, which happens to be like blown up on the charts. The Academy-nominated uh, song is that Two Caterpillars song, right, that is in Spanish, right, that no one really understands, right? And I was trying to explain to my students, yeah, the whole song is about just how, you know, grandma should have let things go, right? That's what should have happened. Like, and that's the whole purpose of the song, even though it's in Spanish. Like, this is the thing. I had to read the lyrics and the English translation for for this with my kids because – like my kids couldn't figure out what's the deal with the caterpillars and the butterflies, right? <laughs> like honestly, it's true, right? right yeah. And I, I explained to them that it's like, listen, when people go, you understand people die and people change, right? And that's the whole thing. Like the whole premise of that story is that the two caterpillars grew up, but then one kind of flew their own way, like each one flew their own way, right? And that's the whole thing. Grandma should have just let things go, right? And not tried to be the backbone of that village, right? And that's what the story is about. And it's also like, you know, they make her out to be the villain, right? And they also fail to fulfill the whole thing where Mirabel actually is a good person and she actually has good powers, right? And that's the thing that was gapping in this in this whole movie that, you know, I look at Disney movies as a kind of like preachable moment, right? So that my, my kids can understand something about better in life. But I had to actually spend another half an hour explaining this to my, you know, my nine-year-old. And, she, and then my wife is like rolling her eyes because she's like, You don't have to to explain to her everything. I'm like, no, because otherwise she thinks that if you don't have powers, then you know what? It's a problem. And also that, oh, it's okay to be useless. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. Okay. You just have to find your own alignment with the rest of the world. Right. So anyways, that that's my take on it. I could have a whole field day about all the issues that I have with this thing, but I'm glad you know, uh, Ricky, that you were able to see her, that Mirabelle's power was the house. Cause I had to explain that to my kid. And I, I was yeah. thinking, if my kid didn't understand it, man, who else didn't understand that? I didn't get it till the end when yeah. she put the doorknob on. So yeah. I just want okay. to put that out there. I'll go next. Okay. Um, so yeah, I chose this, uh, I chose this movie actually because I remember when we were doing Frozen 2 and Vince was talking about Disney movies and the songs not being memorable anymore. And if you look at, um, you know, like, um, Rapun the what's the tango and um that brave one with the red girl. Um if you compare that to the classics like Cinderella and stuff, it, it doesn't have that staying power. And so that's why I actually chose this one because of the memorable songs. Um mm-hmm. so for me it's funny because my kids love this movie. My wife, who usually doesn't like, like, you know, move like, uh, uh, what's it called? Car with the, uh, cars, the red car, 
um, cars. It's called cars. Is it? Okay, yeah. Lightning <laughs> McQueen, that's it. Um, you know, stuff like that. She loves this movie. Like, we have now watched it probably 18 times. Like, in one week, we we actually watched it, like, every single day of the week. Because every time we would go to have a movie night, my daughter wanted to watch Encanto. Yep. And she's, like, the baby, so, you know, you have to. Um, and, of course, my wife liked it, so she didn't mind. And my son wanted to hear the song, so, yeah, we watched it. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, that's why I actually chose it, because these songs, like, my kids know every single song, every single word. And, like, even yesterday, they're still singing the song. So it's not that it's getting overplayed for them yet. On Roblox, they even have a game with all the songs playing. Um, so then it was interesting last time we talked where Vin said that he actually didn't like it. Um, and I understand that, you know, uh, the guy, Lin-Manuel, he did Hamilton, he did Moana. Um, but, you know, for the audience, depending, like my wife didn't watch Hamilton. My kids certainly didn't watch it. So for them, these songs are brand new. Like, they have no reference point where they can say, oh, this kind of sounds like this other song. Um, but just going off the movie, like Vin said, and Matt, um, I liked it. I liked the movie. Um, and yes, I, after watching it the first time, you can fully see that even though the movie tries to make it seem as if she doesn't have any powers... She does have powers. She's the only one in the family. If you watch the movie, she's the only one in the family who talks to the house repeatedly. Um, she is, um, you know, she didn't get a door. Uh, she didn't get a door because the house is her, it's sort of her whole room. She, it's the whole entire house out of the entire family. When, the candle was burning out and the cracks were in the house. She is the only one that stayed behind, got the candle, and then the house saved her. Saved her. Yep. When her and the grandmother were arguing, like when her and the sister hugged, the candle got brighter. But notice that no cracks were there until her and the grandma started arguing. That's because the house reflects the way she's feeling. At the party, when she is sort of upset because she looks at everyone who has powers, the cracks appear and the house falls apart, mm -hmm. right? It's reflecting her feeling. And like uh, Matt said, at the end, when she puts the doorknob on, all of a sudden you see all the magic goes back into the house. And that's because she kept the magic within herself when the house broke apart. Um, so yeah, it's, I find that's an interesting movie. The things that I find like that I was kind of like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Is that it's you know, her, her, like, wait, her, what part doesn't make sense? <laughs> well, I mean, it was just kind of like it was like she had the cousin that can hear things from like wherever, so she knows that Bruno lives in the walls, but she never says it to anyone. But yet, when Mirabella had a secret, 
she couldn't wait to tell everyone that's like really like like this is the secret you couldn't keep but how many years you've heard this dude and his rats in the back but you that, don't say anything no no but in the we don't talk about bruno song she actually said that's one of her lyrics she's like i always hear mumbling and stuff no i know that that's her. why i know that she could hear him but she's not in the song she says it but she's never said it to anyone else no one likes a snitch man <laughs> right so but i mean overall like and even beyond that you can see that uh mirabelle also echoes her mom right um she echoes a bit of her mom and a bit of her dad right in in the fact that her mom heals everyone with food mm-hmm. and if you notice mirabelle heals everyone by sort of looking past what's what what the outside front is that they put up like with her sister the strong one mm-hmm. they go through the song and in the end she gives her a hug and says you're taking on too much yeah with with the other sister she goes into the room they go through the whole song and the sister you know admits to her that she was doing it for the family and and finally instead of being perfect she's allowed to do all this different stuff with the flowers and the colors and whatever it's the same thing she pulls that out of out of her right like it's so just like her mom healing whatever it is with the food she's healing them just with hugs, uh, it's the hugs. Yeah. It's actually hugs. Every time she hugs someone, that if you notice, it's always the hugs. Yeah, yeah you know. So, yeah, but that's my <sighs> take on it. <clears throat> All right, but I have man, some thoughts. You have no kids, and so it will be interesting to see right. what you think. <laughs> so usually, guys, I'm a big Disney fan. I like a lot of the older mm-hmm. Disney films, like Aladdin and Lion King, are some of my favorite movies that's of all classic. time. Uh oh, right? like they're good, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But the the thing about this movie here is, and you guys kept saying, is that these songs are memorable and they're catchy. Oh, 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 and stuff. Only one song is memorable. <laughs> no matter how many you think that there are memorable, catchy, I thought they were all horrible. Okay, I didn't <laughs> let, like a single song in this movie, and and it, it it feels weird to me to think that everybody thinks there's at least one song that's catchy out there because, like Frozen or whatever, had Let It Go. You know, every Disney movie has that one headline song that everybody knows the lyrics to. They like I watched the I already listened to the Let It Go song before I even seen the movie, right? For this movie here, I didn't feel like there were any songs that were catchy or even that great. And, and all I mean, there were some that were okay, but all of Mirabelle's songs that she sang all felt like they went through like a translation, a Google translation. It felt like they might have been better in Spanish because some of the, like some of the rhymes weren't there. So, I mean, it just didn't feel like it was very good. I don't know. I, maybe it was just me coming uh, like the best songs to me in this in this whole movie were actually the ones that were in Spanish. They fit. You know what I mean? Some of them just didn't fit very well. Uh, so I didn't care for the the music like at all. Um, the actual best movie that was in English that uh, I, I enjoyed was the one that the um, the strong girl sang. I don't know what the pressure, name of the song was. Pressure. pressure. Yeah, that's that was the best one, and I think that's because Vince, you remember when we were talking about Hamilton and we said that uh, Lin Manuel Lin Manuel Miranda can't sing. He can rap really well, but he yep. can't sing. It feels like that in this. Like when he kind of went back towards the 
the the upbeat rhythm, not really rappy, but more of a I don't know hip hop something like that, more of that that kind of vibe. Those songs were better. But when it was actually him trying to write something that was an actual like flowing song, like a ballad or something like that, he, it just didn't fit. Maybe it was because I went into the movie knowing that he had he had a role in in writing the songs that they didn't fit, but they just didn't fit for me and they didn't work really well. Um, outside of the music, the story was fine. Um. I didn't I, I don't think that it's like the like you said Vince it's very much a different Disney movie where most Disney movies at least up till like maybe 5 years ago had like a blatant villain Jafar <laughs> or you know uh, Scar and Lion King right um in this movie and in several recent ones they moved to the more having uh like like the seven deadly sins or something like that, that kind of villain, like pride and stuff like that being the villain. Um, and I'm not sure how Go ahead. I was going to say, like, I found that instead of having the kind of scar and like the Jafar kind of thing, I think that in the last few years, they've been trying to do the surprise plot twist. Like I, I think about like a uh, wreck it Ralph where it's like, Oh, that guy's the bad guy. Or, you know, you know, and then it's true, right? Because, and then like even with the rash of Disney real remakes where it's like, oh, the bad, you thought that, you know, uh, Cruella de Vil or, or, um, whatever the, whatever, Jolie's character, uh, Maleficent or whatever, you thought they were bad. They're actually really good. So I felt that Disney's been trying to do this whole twist and surprise twisting. And, you know, this movie and maybe like Inside Out are, are one of the few movies that Disney's been trying to get into deeper issues by saying, well, it's not that there's a bad person. It's just that this world sucks. It's a bad world. So I, I think that's the way they put it. That's the best way I can understand it. Um, but I just think that they had to have some resolution because you, as, as a parent, it's hard to explain to kids that the world is just bad or that the world's not fair, right? At least at the Jafar and the kind of Lion King models, you're like, yeah, that's a bad guy. He gets what he deserves, right? The good guys suffer, but they get better at the end, right? In this one, it's like, Who's who's who who's the bad person? Like, is it now that everyone's gonna hate their grandmothers now? Like, <laughs> well, I I think it's become less about there being a bad person and more about them uh, about people learning that uh, people have flaws, people make mistakes, and then they can overcome them and become better people at the end. So instead of the the bad guy getting what's coming to them at the end, it's more about the quote unquote villain overcoming whatever flaw that they were exhibiting through the rest of the movie. And, uh, you know, becoming a better person because of all those mistakes and stuff like that. And it's always there's there's always that one person who has those flaws that's going through, you know, pride, prejudice, whatever. Um, and, and then there's going to be the, the protagonist who points that out to them and helps them overcome at the end. Uh, and, and that's what that's the way a lot of the movies are going. And it is definitely a, blatantly apparent in this one uh, uh, how they were going about doing that. And it, it, it's a good movie. Okay, but it's also, and I said this when we talked about Frozen Two, it's blatantly a Disney movie. Like it, yeah. it feels like a lot of these movies could change characters, could change uh, songs, even in this one, and it just be basically be the same story over and over again. Now, granted, that's Disney. Like if Disney came out with a horror movie or something like that, it'd be, all be like really shocked. <laughs> like 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 a, like a slasher movie, like Saw. The Disney version, you know, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it that that would see that that would go against expectations. But so maybe I'm expecting a little bit too much originality from a Disney movie, which I think I am. 
but for, for me, who doesn't have the kids to show this to, um, I, it, it's a movie that I, I, I'm glad I watched it, uh, but I wouldn't watch it again. There's like with the original Frozen movie, I watched that a couple times because I enjoyed I enjoyed a lot of the characters. I enjoyed the music. This one here, there was nothing that's going to bring me back to it. Like it's a good story, but the the music is usually what brings me back, and I didn't care for the music at all. Just while we're talking about music, I have to comment on something. I found that in the last uh, maybe five to ten years of Disney movies, um, the memorable songs happen in the first half, and then there's nothing memorable in terms of music after that. Like if you like, you know, you're talking about Frozen. Think about it. All the songs that you know of happen in the first like maybe 40 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. If, if this movie. I think after we don't talk about Bruno, you don't hear, you don't like, honestly, you don't remember all, like, no one gives a damn about that two caterpillar song. Let's be honest here, right? And I'm not sure if it's a language issue or if it's just that it, like, feels like it's too kind of Colombian. It might be because that was my wife's favorite song out of all of them. Well, because does she speak Spanish? Well, she's Portuguese, so it's very close. Okay. But you see, like, as, as a lay person who's not got any ancestral connections to that, Mm-hmm. I was just like, if I didn't have the translation, it would just be like a random background song, right? Like, yeah, sure, it's mm-hmm. in Colombia, fine, right? But I, I think the meaning was relevant, and I just felt that uh, in, the, in, in the fine tradition of the last 10 years, the music really kind of peters off, and which is surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I would even say that they kind of works, like, if you look at Moana, the, the, the songs all are at the front, and then they just kind of repeat at the end a little bit, right? And that's Manuel Miranda. And even in Hamilton, that's what he does. He he sets it all up in the first half, and he's like, ah, okay, copy, paste kind of thing. Um, and you can see the same thing happening in in this particular uh, uh, production, right? Yeah, after the second rap battle in Hamilton, it really does kind of, yeah. See? I didn't think about that. Yeah. That's kind of mind-blown there, Vince. <laughs> I didn't even think Wait, about that. I thought the doorknob in the house thing was going to be mind-blowing, but apparently everyone else knew that. I, I, I don't know. That, that to me was like the big thing. I was like, how do how does Disney wake? How do the folks at Disney wake up every night when they're like parents have to explain this to their kids, right? Like, <laughs> well, well I, that, that's another thing. Uh, uh, is now that they've moved away from the blatant villain, like the the Jafar character, and moved more to towards the villain being some kind of human flaw, it makes it um, harder to explain, right? Because I mean, you can point to Jafar. Yeah, that guy's bad. He's evil. He needs to die mm-hmm. or needs to go to jail or whatever. You can point that, and it's really easy to understand for everybody, no matter what their age. I mean, two-year-old can understand that Jafar is bad. Mm-hmm. You can't point towards pride and say that that's the bad guy because a two-year-old's going to look at you like, "What the hell's pride?" Yeah, you know what I mean. You know, it's, it becomes really hard to explain. And if you, I mean, if if you're an adult thinking that you know, this is hard to understand the underlying moral for this story. How if it's hard for you, how it, it, it's going to be even harder for someone way younger. So, I mean, that's, yeah, but I think they might be trying to get away from the bad guy, good guy kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Because my kids watched it and like they, they didn't it wasn't like, oh, you know, who's the bad guy? Who They just watched it as a movie and enjoyed it. And it's like. You Those know, are definitely your children. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> they, they they watch Fast yeah. and the Furious. Yeah, that's just a good movie. Yeah. But but this is the, this thing though, right? Like I think I, I really got can't emphasize this enough. Like the fact is, after watching the movie, like I'm not saying this is my kids, but you know, you 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 could imagine a parent having to deal with their child, and the child says, "Well, so 
it's okay to not follow what the family's asked. So like if in your family, like uh, you were like, hey, we do the dishes, right? And the kid's like, well, I'm not going to do the dishes. Then you're like, wait, that's what we do in this family. You you, you do the dishes, right? And, and so they're like, well, clearly this movie says I don't have to follow what the patriarchy or matriarchy says. And at the same time, it's like, hey, you know what? Your your sister, your brother, they're able to do the dishes, and it's like, yeah, fine, that's cool, they can do it, but I'm not gonna do it because I can't. Well, I can't do the dishes, right? And then that's made to make that person who really, maybe for one reason or another, can't do them, or maybe makes excuses to not do them. It's okay, and that to me is a problem, right? So a kid might watch that and get those messages. Whereas if you actually concluded this movie a little bit better and said, listen, sometimes you have responsibilities, and if you can't do the dishes, there are other things you can do. And you know what? You'll find that special thing in you, right? So that part of the equation really is either rushed or is kind of obfuscated in the way it's presented in this movie. And that's the thing that, for me, is problematic because it just engenders more power and agency to people being, guess what? I'm a snowflake, man. Uh, you know, math is hard or, you know, structures is hard. I don't have to do this stuff and I can be an engineer or like I can be a scientist, right? Like that to me is is really irksome because I see that and maybe some of you folks listening who've got kids see that like they're older they're like you know if this is too hard I'm not I'm gonna quit I'm not gonna bother right <laughs> all right Ricky your final thoughts I know you have to go give your score uh oh my score is definitely four out of five like I said I've watched it fifteen times already so there's no question whether I'd watch it again uh-huh. <laughs> all right uh Vince your score on this movie I give it two out of Five, I guess, and th- that's only because of we don't talk about Bruno. Um, uh, I know that there's a lot of cool things about this movie, but uh, it, it doesn't really add up given the kind of hype and given what's. It's I mean, you guys, you gotta understand that this thing's like one of the most successful animated movies of all time, and that's during the pandemic. Like that was the thing that surprised me. The other thing that surprised me, just a little side note, you know, uh, the girl who plays I can't remember her name um, from uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, yeah, yeah, she She's the voice of Mirabelle. So every yeah. time you watch that movie, just think about because I think I've watched it as many times as you, Rick. Every time I yeah. watch it, I'm like, no, no, she's not really singing. I could not get my head around the fact that some of these people are singing. Like I know John Leguizamo as Bruno. That makes sense because I've heard him sing in um, uh, Moulin Rouge. Right? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if he sings a bit, but, um, but yeah, like it was just crazy because I was like, I can't put my finger on the fact <clears> that she's singing that. So, anyways, that's my score. All right, I would uh, also give it a two out of five. Um, and those two are both for the story. The, there's just no no redeeming qualities for the music in this movie. I just don't I don't care for it at all. Um, so that is it for us on on this three cast. I have uh, I Vince, is it your turn to choose next? I guess so. So I'll, I'll drop something <laughs> soon. Yep. All right, he's gonna come up with something that we're gonna he's do gonna next. Be doing Fast and Furious, everyone. <laughs> uh, if, if Vince chooses Fast and the Furious, we probably all should hold a, a intervention or something because there's obviously something wrong. With to it. be fair, this is the first time Ricky's pretty much put a musical. I mean, let's be honest, it's a musical. Uh, yeah, I did know that. Musical guys hated this. <laughs> Just if he chooses West, the new West Side Story, we'll know something's wrong. Yeah, that'll. Yeah. Vince, have you watched the new West Side Story yet? Dude, I haven't gone to a theater. Oh, actually, no, I'll lie. I, I did watch Spider-Man, but um, I like, you know, come oh, man, if given the choice, I'm gonna watch Spider-Man before I watch West Side Story. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, uh, so we don't know what's coming up next. That'll be sometime in March. So we'll uh, see you guys then. Take care, guys. All right, everyone.